Hi, you guys. I'm your host, Shahira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. As always, it is my hope and prayer that you find this episode inspirational and informative. On the last episode, I talked to you guys about starting or learning about the Dr. Sabi's detox diet. Well, <laughs> um, I have started it kind of, sort of, not fully all the way in it, but kind of with my toe in the water. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I haven't started it, but I will say this. I have, um, reduced the amount of items that I've that I now eat. I do not eat sweets anymore. No sugar products like cookies, cakes, pies, ice cream, all of that good stuff. I have taken those things out of my diet. If I do indulge in any decadent treats, they are sugar free. And I don't know if that really helps, but I feel personally that it has. Um, in the past, you guys know that I frequently get outbreaks. And right now, um, I'm not taking any medications for my outbreaks. I've stopped taking a cyclovir just because I'm, well, I am dating, but I'm not, um, in a relationship and I'm not sexually active right now. So I stopped taking a cyclovir until I, you know, decide that I want to become sexually active again. Um, in the interim of not taking a cyclovir, I may have had one outbreak prior to um trying this Dr. Sabies thing or reducing my sugar intake um what I have found because I have had a um outbreak recently actually twice um since I've started with this whole no sugar thing and I think it's because of stress you guys know that stress is is very is very much so uh, trigger for flare-ups and I've been stressed about a couple of things um, recently my um, hate to bring it down right now but my cousin um, passed away and also my mom thought she had um, COVID-19 so <laughs> needless to say I've been stressed out and in the interim of that I've had two outbreaks but I will say this since I've taken sugars out of my diet my outbreaks have last max two to three days. And that has never been the case when it comes to me having outbreaks. My outbreaks normally or typically last up to seven days. And I used to be like, why is this thing lasting so long? Why is this outbreak still hanging around? But that has always been the case. It would last for more than five days, you know, tops, more than five days. Um, so... I actually feel like just by taking the sugar out of my diet, it has really helped with the whole cycling of a outbreak. Like it comes up, it lasts for a couple of days, and then the next thing I know, it's gone. So it motivates me to do even more. I just have not gone to the grocery store since the last time I've talked to you guys. I did throw away all of my snacks and things like that. So, um, that's why I've been able to eliminate sugar out of my diet. What I do eat as far as sugar is, like I said, if I, if I do want something decadent, it is a sugar-free product. And I know that, you know, you have the, um, 
what do you call it? Um, the NutraSweet type products in it is probably not good for me anyway, but what is good? You know, I know I can eat fruits, but sometimes you just want something, you know, like a little chocolate or something <laughs> to kind of, you know, curb that craving. So I, I do do that, but I don't do it a lot. I will say that I don't do it a lot. I eat a whole lot more fruits and vegetables. Um, I still have to, um, rid my house of other products. Like I'm not going to lie. Um, when the pandemic started and since the pandemic has been going on, I have stocked up on a lot of products. Um, a lot of frozen things are in the freezer. A lot of meats are in the freezer. I have tuna in the cabinet. You know, I have a lot of meat products and I'm not rich. I can't just throw everything away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I am going to purge those things out. You know, I'm going to cook them up, eat them um, as I go. So that's, that's really why I haven't fully started, but I'm trying to do as much as I can with um, within reason. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's where I am with that. Um, if you have started the Dr. Savy process, or if he, if you have changed your diet in any way, hit me up at your Jones hope. Um, that's Y A H I R A J O N E S. Um, H O P E at gmail.com. Let me know how that's going for you. Have you noticed any changes in your outbreaks or anything you know if you've noticed any any changes let me know all right so let's get into what we're going to talk about today i'm gonna let you know this is going to be a long episode okay but it's gonna be completely worth it um this is this um episode i pre-recorded with our um fellow listener. I told you guys last week that I had one of, um, I'm going to have a listener interview and I did not expect it to be so informative. I, you know, I just thoroughly enjoyed this interview, um, with Walnut. (laughs) I enjoyed the interview with him and, um, I know you guys are really going to enjoy it. So, Without further ado, relax. It's Sunday. Just, you know, turn the TV off, go on in the backyard, put your earbuds in for an hour. Relax, listen, enjoy, learn. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. So let's get into it. So today I have with me Walnut on the show. Um, he is a listener of dealing, um, Date with Herpes, and he reached out to me via email after listening to the episode, Let's Go Downtown. <laughs> so um, he emailed me, and his story was really inspirational, um, interesting, and inspiring, and that made me want to invite him on the show so that he can share with all of you guys his story. So welcome, Walnut, and please just introduce, introduce yourself to the people. Well, hello. I am Walnut. I am a 50-year-old man, and uh, I have genital herpes. So the reason why I wanted to bring you on the show, um, Walnut, is because I feel it's really important for our male listeners, as well as the female listeners, to hear the perspective of having the virus from a male perspective. Um, also, I wanted to sh- you to share how it's impacted your marriage. You said you mentioned that you've been married for 20 years, and I just want to um, you to share how it's impacted your marriage as well. 
Okay. Well, first off, I need to uh, make a correction. Uh, I need all the credit I can get. <laughs> I have been with my wife for 26 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, That's a long time. Congratulations. <laughs> I have been with this woman for more than half my life. Wow. To say that I absolutely love her, adore her. Um, and this, having this virus has been such a negative impact on our sex life, uh, specifically oral. Um, I mentioned I've been with my wife for 26 years, mm-hmm. but it was only two years ago that I actually started digging back into this. Mm-hmm. So when I was diagnosed, it was 1993, I think, 1994. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back then the internet was very different. There was no such thing as search engines. So you had to go to the library and look everything up. And there just wasn't a whole lot of information. Right. So for 24 out of the 26 years that we've been together, oral has played such a little role in our lives. And for somebody like me who is orally fixated, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, uh, that has been just horrendous. So what so, was what was the fear there, or why wasn't that a part of your sexual experience with your wife? Well, um, first off, let me just say that my wife uh, disclosed to me when we first started dating, um, and we used condoms for about the first six months. The first time we did not use a condom, I contracted the virus. Mm. So I went to my urologist and had a test done. And after my results, I spoke with him and I asked him about oral. And uh, this guy was a Harvard grad, so I assumed he knew exactly what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And he told both me and my wife, under no circumstances are you to engage in that unless you want it on your mouth. Wow. So that was the operating conditions that we held true to for the longest time. Right. And I mean, we just, we did not know any better and we don't know anybody else who has this. Mm-hmm. We don't have anybody to talk to. So we just figured this was a life sentence. Right. And for those who don't know, that's not the case. Um, If both parties have the virus, then the likeliness of you getting it on your mouth while practicing oral sex is very low. Um, It's not to say that it couldn't happen, but it's a very low chance of you getting it on your face or on your mouth. Right. I have turned this kind of into a hobby. Uh, over the past maybe nine months, uh, I've scoured the internet, uh, just doing, just reading absolutely everything that I can get my hands on, including the medical journal, uh, publications, which are just horrendous to read. Mm -hmm. They, they were written by lawyers. So 
If you have any problems going to sleep, just pick up one of those documents and you'll be out in two minutes. <laughs> I understand. But, yeah, I learned, I've learned a great deal about this. Mm-hmm. And I've tried putting it into practice with mixed results. Hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? What what has been the mixed results? Like I remember you mentioning um, in the email that your wife, even though you've educate you both educated yourself um, and and now know that that the cases are low, or the chances are low, she still has been apprehensive about having oral sex. Uh, yeah, there's been a development. Um as recently as last weekend. Okay. But about nine months ago, I approached her, asked her, you know, I wanted to have a conversation about this. And so we we blocked out a couple of hours out of one Saturday and I had printed out my entire argument. Like (laughs) I was going in front of a judge. (laughs) That's hilarious. My, my wife comes from the legal community, okay. so I knew I would have to be an Oh, so you had to speak in her language. Okay, got it. Not only that, but I had to um, defend my case. Mm-hmm. No, Your Honor, this is not the case, and we have the evidence <laughs> to back it up. Here it is. Right. So uh, I, I printed everything out, highlighted all the main points. I had to pack it with me. Probably better than 25 pages. Wow. And we went line by line. Um, I told her who was saying what, what doctor, what their credentials were, how long they were in the field, how many publications they had. I mean, I got into the nuts and bolts of it. Mm -hmm. So she softened her position. And for a couple of months, I was allowed to go down on her Mm -hmm. but because she has this and I call it an irrational fear so nobody out there hate me for saying that but I do believe clinically that is the term to use Mm -hmm. she got it into her head and so she wasn't really letting go she wasn't being present she wasn't into it right so she was just allowing me to feed my desires by doing that, but she would not reciprocate. And I bet that affected you also. Like, if you have somebody doing, like, you know, pleasuring you, but they're not really into it, I, I, I would imagine that it, it still affects you in the same way because she's not getting pleasure out of it, out of it as well. Right. She's, she's in her head, and there's nothing worse. Um... I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's like when you're making love and you're at the height of your ecstasy and you look down on your lover's face and you don't see ecstasy, you mm-hmm. see pain. Right. It's like, okay, full stop. It, it, it just immediately shut every single thing down. Right. Um, so we went on like that, a few more discussions, and I agreed to be patient and to be understanding and neither of those are in my nature (laughs) so but over the course of of many years I have developed and learned patience and learned understanding 
And so I, I went with that. I was like, well, you know, I don't want to pressure her. And, and, you know, at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, Jesus, it's been 24 years. Right. You know, I think I could break some head. <laughs> so, I understand, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's funny parts to it, but, you know, there's funny parts in pain. So, you know, at about the two-month mark of doing this, and believe me, I was going downtown every chance I got. I mean, she'd jump out of the shower, and I'm looking at her like a hunger man looks at the shop. I mean, just could not get enough. But she got into her head about two months mark and just pulled the, pulled the rug right out from underneath me mm-hmm. and said, okay, I'm not comfortable with this anymore. It wasn't really unexpected. Because you can see it, yeah. Right, but it still hurt like hell. Mm-hmm. So, over the past nine months, I really didn't do any research. I really didn't. I just kind of let it go. Uh, I kind of gave in to my frustration, and that kind of led to, well, it didn't kind of lead to, it, it did lead to a lot of resentment. And as much as I tried not to let that resentment out it did peek through mm-hmm. and uh so you know she picked up on that she's she's not stupid she's actually very smart so she set me down and talked to me about it and asked me about it and that's when i brought it up mm-hmm. and almost as soon as i brought it up she kind of shut down again like well she okay. was defensive a little bit probably yeah so after that talk, you know, I started doing a little bit more research, and this is just a couple of months ago, and I keep running across the, the same exact information, and where these doctors will, will tell you if you have HSV-1 and your, your partner has nothing, then your partner can give that to you through oral sex if you have an outbreak. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all of those different combinations, they talk all about that. But they don't talk about two HSV-2 people having oral. And I was pretty much at my wit's end until I came across a term that I didn't understand in one of those journals. And uh, the term was seroconcordance. Okay, what does that I'm mean? Like, okay. Yeah, what the hell does seroconcordance <laughs> mean? So I looked at that definition, looked at it in medical journals, and basically what it means is that herpes is a virus. When you get a virus, your body creates antibodies for mm-hmm. it. With herpes, it usually takes about four months. Uh, from initial outbreak to, to get those antibodies floating through your system. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got antibodies in my system for this. She's got antibodies in her system for that. Right. So uh, um, my, my thoughts are jumping all over the place. Uh, let, me, let me focus just a second. You're fine. So The main crux of what I found is that 
basically you have, and it's a time-weighted average, uh, so you basically got a 1% chance of contracting HSV-2 on in your oral cavity like per year. Mm-hmm. Because of the antibodies. So, because of the antibodies. So I started digging at it a little further, a little further, and that's when I ran across uh, the Westover Clinic and um, a nurse by the name of Terry Warren. Mm-hmm. I read Terry Warren's book. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's one lady right there. Yeah. Yeah. I said I wanted to reach out to her after reading her book. So I still had a lot of questions that I felt that she didn't answer in it. And I knew that she was so, you know, educated on the topic. So I want to, I want to reach out to her and I don't know if she'll respond if we, you know, if we can chat, but I would love to pick her head, um, about some additional questions. But yeah, her, um, she works through the uh, Westover Clinic in Portland, Oregon. She also is a part of, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, it's Asia or ASHA. Mm-hmm. It's the American Sexual Health Association, mm-hmm. which has been an, an entity for over 100 years. Their doctors, every single one of them, are of the same mind, and every single one of them have over 30 years experience dealing specifically with uh, viruses and uh, STD, STDs. So I began reading what she was writing about seroconcordance and uh, the possibility of contracting HSV-2 from the genitals to the oral cavity. Mm-hmm. And so basically what what it boils down to, if you do the math, if I were to go down on my wife 100 days in a row, I would have a 1% chance of contracting HSV-2 orally. Wow. That puts it into a better perspective, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's that's good to know. Because I didn't even know that as far as percentages-wise. I knew that it was low, but I didn't know it was that low. Well, there are, there are um, some really good resources out there if you have the patience to translate um, the language. Mm-hmm. The legalese, the medicalese, I don't know if that's a word, but um, so I, I had to sit there with a, you know, with my computer and a thesaurus and dictionary and, okay, translate what all this stuff means. Right. And, you know, how did they do the calculations? Um, I'm a geek, uh, and so I understand the mathematics perfectly. Wow. Um, it, there's certain subtleties I don't quite understand, but I think I've had a, a really good grasp on it. And she does state in there that you've got to follow the rules in order for that to hold true, that 1% number. Right. And it's so much common sense. It's unbelievable. I don't believe that we had to have somebody with this level of education to explain to break it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's basically just not having um, oral sex while there's an outbreak. That's like the number one thing, which I don't believe well, most people will even want to have sex if they're having an outbreak because it's painful. So I, I can't imagine that. Yeah. When I have an outbreak, the only thing I want touching me down there, maybe a frozen bag of peas. Right. <laughs> right. The, the way she broke it down was rule number one. 
pay attention to your prodrome. Mm-hmm. When you get a prodrome symptom, and for anybody that does not know what a prodrome symptom is, that is a symptom that happens a couple of days before your outbreak. Mm-hmm. There might be a tender spot. There might be itching. There might even be a little bit of inflammation. Mm-hmm. For me, thank goodness, it's June, and I have not had an outbreak this year. Oh, wow. Good for you. <laughs> I do pay attention to my prodromes. I've got a system that works for me. But, um, yeah, so as soon as I get a prodrome, as soon as I recognize it, I do have some um, uh, prescription steroidal cream. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I guess that's fine for me. I'm a guy. It's on the exterior of my body, but I, I don't know if that's safe for women. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I get a prodrome, I will use that uh, steroidal cream. And within a few days, the prodrome symptom is gone and I don't have an outbreak. I still give it another couple of days grace before I do anything. But that that's number one, pay attention to your prodromes. Mm-hmm. Number two, do not do anything during an active outbreak. Right. That includes the healing time. So when I do get an outbreak, typical healing time for me is about three weeks. Okay. It could be longer, but most of the time it's shorter. It just depends on how bad it is. Um, there was a third one, but right now I just I can't, can't remember. Think of it. <laughs> it's okay. I guess the word of advice is to look up that information um, to our listeners if you want to know what the third thing is. Absolutely. And there is, um, when I did go to the uh, Asia website, there is a section on Q&A or facts or something like that where they publish all the questions that they've had previous Mm -hmm. to include their answers. And on page two, there's one entitled uh, HSV, just plain HSV. Mm -hmm. So you might have to hope for it. But you click that open, and that question was asked and answered by Terry Warren. Okay. Uh, This person was asked about... um, going downtown with genital herpes and she explains that it is not perfectly safe there is a slight chance as long as you pay attention to rule one two and the third rule I forgot and she spells it out right there Mm -hmm. so yeah um so I grabbed that information. I, I sat down with my wife again and said, look, I have contacted the Westover Clinic. I have set us up a time where you can talk to the doctor of your choice. Here they are. Here's their pedigree. Here's all the papers they published in their life on STD and STIs. And she was astonished that I did that. <laughs> um, I bet that you put in that much time and effort too, you know? Oh yeah. Um, I, um, well, it's, it's a, it's a labor of love. Again, mm-hmm. 
horribly fixated and um, it just it just hurts too bad to to not do this so of course you know I threw myself into it I just laid my cards on the table and said look this has got to stop this this is really hurting me it's been far too long and I am really really hurting because of this and what was her response to that she understood she understood because she knows all too well I'm morally fixated Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not just that I mean there's there's a there's a level of intimacy that from my perspective that is even greater than intercourse mm-hmm. I mean I'm putting my mouth on her genitals I don't think it could get any more right. intimate than that <laughs> right hey are you there are you listening come here I got a secret to share with you It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. (laughs) Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash Yahira.Jones.1. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Y-A-H. I-R-A dot J-O-N-E-S dot the number one. That's the first step. Once you're there, I need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the Dating with Herpes private group. Once you've sent me that message, I will send you an invitation so that you can join the link. Now, this is a brand new page, so there's not a lot of content on the Hybrid Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, Yahira.Jones.1. Send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group and then I will send you a invitation. That's the only way to join at this time. But I want this to be a place where all of my listeners can come share their stories with other listeners and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. I'm going to tell you this, when, when you wrote me and I read that part of your email, I was so able to identify with your wife. Um, even though I feel that I'm a little bit more educated than a a lot of other people's that I've talked to, um, when it comes to the virus, even though I know that, you know, the chances are low in me or my partner contracting it on our, our mouths. I still have that slight fear in the back of my head, like what if? So when I read that, I was able to identify with your wife. And I actually recently had a conversation um, about this with, with um, a guy that I'm dating now. 
And we both, you know, he shared with me after I shared with him that he, he also has it. And although I felt relief, I was just like, well, now, you know, I can, you know, when we get to that point, we can be sexual in that way. But I expressed to him in the past, because he asked me, have I ever had it done to me? And I said, no, because my fear was not only for me, not, not even so much for me, but for my partner, I didn't want to give it to my partner in that way. Cause a lot of the guys that I dated in the past didn't have it, or they didn't tell me that they had it, you know? So that was my fear. I was afraid that someone would come back to me and say, look what you did to me, you know, and it be on their face, you know, not, and not in a private area that someone couldn't see. So that, that was my fear. And that's how I was able to kind of like, when I read that, I was like, wow, I share that, you know, even today I share that. Good. I'm glad you do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, that, that is, that is in a nutshell what thought she's, she told me, well, look, I gave this to you in the first place. At least it's hidden. I couldn't forgive myself if you wound up with that and you had to walk around in your job mm -hmm. with that on your face. Um, because I, I do have a fairly public, uh, face. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm in an industry where I have to deal with a lot of people. So I understood where she was coming from, but I did have to set her straight right. about her giving it to me in the first place. Right. You know, I, it wasn't like I was some dumb rube that just rolled the dice and took my chances. Mm -hmm. I knew exactly what I was in for. I decided to take the risk. I have never blamed her for that. I've never even intimated that it was her fault. It was my fault for not wearing a condom. But, you know, early on, I knew this woman was going to be in my life for a good while. I wanted to talk and, about that a little bit. When before, okay. before you, you know, married your wife, when she told you, when she disclosed to you that she had this virus... How, how did that make you feel? I, I'm pretty sure just by listening to you, you were already in love with her. But how, what were your thoughts when she told you that, when she disclosed to you? Oh, my God. Uh, fear, anxiety, gratitude, uh, trepidation. Ignorance. I mean, uh, it's all this stuff went floating through my head like in the first second. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I'm an old guy. I, I went to the library and did some research. And, of course, every single book in the library when it comes to uh, herpes shows you the absolute worst case scenario. Right. The initial outbreak, hoping to scare the hell out of and it did. It worked. Mm -hmm. Scared the hell out of me. But at this point, I was already in love with her. Right. And I was like, well, okay, this is not enough to keep me from having sex with her. I'll get condoms. I'll protect myself as, as well as I can. Um, of course, I didn't glean that much in the books that I read. There wasn't really a whole lot there. 
it was most mostly about uh, abstinence. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm a grown man. I'm in my early 20s. There's no way in hell I'm going to abstain from anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So it did take a little while. Uh, I, I I really appreciate how she did it. Um, we're just lying on the couch one night over her place watching TV. And um, if, if y'all can't tell, I'm a Southerner. <laughs> so I was raised to be a Southern gentleman. So I, I never made the first moves on any of my girlfriends. Okay. I always thought that would be inappropriate, like me forcing myself on them. And so she made the first move on me. We had a great makeout session. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, it didn't lead to sex, but a couple of days later, she, we were sitting on the same couch and she's like, look, I've got something I got to tell you. And she, just disclosing is what I appreciate. Mm-hmm. But how she disclosed, it made me fearful because she, she did it from a place of shame. Right. So she basically handed me my keys, put them in my hands, and mm-hmm. said, I have these. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame you if you run for the hills. I think that's what a lot of um, listeners, as well as myself in the early years, that's how I used to disclose. I I disclose with the mindset of as soon as I tell this person that I like, they're going to run. So I have to prepare myself. I used to get sad. Sometimes I used to cry while I would tell. Sometimes I would tell the whole long story of how I got it. And, you know, all it does is makes the person who's receiving this information afraid because of the way that you're reacting so i've learned to take ownership of what it what it is that i have and i feel that i'm so much more than this virus and obviously you saw something in me that you liked so let's focus on that and and as a matter of fact i I also have this little thing you know called herpes and you know if you have any questions (laughs) you know let me know but you know it's it's no big deal and so. Right, and I think I, I think I mean it's it blows my mind to think of my mindset, my my younger self's mindset versus the mindset that I've got wow. now, mm-hmm. completely different. Mm. And you know, she did tell me the story of it. Um, her former boyfriend got it, didn't tell her, and. Uh, you know, so she got it. Mm-hmm. So I another thing I think that really played a pivotal role is I had gotten through a bad breakup, and she had been single for a while, and her last relationship was like seven years. Oh wow! And it ended. It ended horribly. Mm-hmm. So when we met, first off, we couldn't stand each other, <laughs> and um. Then we had a chance encounter at a party, started talking a little bit. Still, I wasn't warmed up to her. And a buddy of mine calls me one day and says, hey, let's go over to see this chick. Party with her for a little while. I was like, okay, cool, fine. We roll up, she opens the door, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is how it's going to go. <laughs> well, we 
go out, we party, we dance. Um, we go back to her place. My buddy passes out on the couch, and we stayed up until sunrise, um, smoking weed and talking. <laughs> and we did that for about three months. And I think at that point, all I was interested in was a friend. Mm-hmm. I had no friend, and I just wanted a damn friend. Mm-hmm. So we became friends. We realized we had way more in common than we thought. And it just kind of blossomed from there. So I fell in love with her before I had sex with her. Wow. And I know maybe that's not the way it's done today, but maybe it still is. I, I have no idea. I've been out of the market forever. Right. I think that's beautiful. I think that's the way it should be. You know, they always, that's what the old folks say. You know, you need to be friends first before you know love and marriage and all of that you know have you know the the foundation should be friendship and it is and that is what has gotten us through Mm -hmm. a lot of hardships and a lot of obstacles that have been placed in our way and she's still the best friend i've ever had Mm -hmm. i can't i can't imagine you know not having that friendship so there were there were a lot of factors I did have to think about it again because past experience past girlfriends oral sex was just one of the greatest things since ice cream (laughs) so that's pretty much how she disclosed and my thought process but even then you know it still took about six months and I'm thinking along this journey I'm thinking you know I think right now I'm going to be with this woman for a good long while so maybe we should try it unprotected Mm -hmm. I mean there's if you're out there casually dating, you know, condoms are, are an absolute must. But in a long-term relationship, at least from my perspective, I just craved that skin-on-skin feeling. Mm-hmm. Because the condom sometimes does get in the way of those sensations. Right. So I knew the risk, and I took that risk. And yeah, it was wonderful. It curled my toes. I had a great time. And all it takes is that one time. Yeah. And she felt absolutely horrible for a month. And I had to continually reassure her until one day I lost my temper with her. Mm. And there was some cussing involved. And uh, basically, I just grabbed her by the ears and got an inch from her face and said, it's not your fucking fault. (laughs) It's mine. Right. Okay, it's my responsibility. I chose this. You should not feel bad. Well, I feel bad that you got it anyway. And I was like, well, I've got it. Well, guess what else I've got? I've got you. Mm-hmm. So that was my attitude. Little did I realize what would be, you know, that would be a life sentence. Yeah. Not, not the herpes, but the marriage. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Uh, (laughs) I I can't stress that enough 26 years oh my god there's sometimes that I just I think about that and I'm like it can't be that long 
we cannot have been together that long. <laughs> That's a and beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. What would you say to guys who um, don't have the virus and they are interested in a woman who does? What would you say to those guys after they've been disclosed or the woman has disclosed to them? Um, well, from, from practice, I can tell you that dental dams are not fun to use. <laughs> I've always but, wondered that, and you were, you responded to that, um, going downtown, rec- um, podcast, as well as another guy. And I was going <laughs> to talk about it because he suggested, um, a panty there's like a a plastic or latex panty that women could wear and i was just like that still doesn't sound like a good time (laughs) and i had to respond to him i said you know well what's the pleasure in it like are you getting pleasure out of you know licking plastic is she receiving pleasure like on of having a a a latex panty on I, i don't get it and he was like, well, it's no pleasure for me, but I'm hoping that, you know, my partner has pleasure in what I'm doing. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, they're tricky to use. They're fussy. Um, they're, they don't stay in place proud. Right, that's why um, he I suggested do. the latex panty because the dental dams don't stay in place uh, yeah i was uh, actually excited i found that out uh, a couple months ago Mm -hmm. um do make a latex style panty it's in the same gauge as a dental dam Mm -hmm. and it's worn just like panties uh the tips and tricks that i would say is uh lube if you're going to use a dental dam put some good quality lube Mm -hmm. no ky will not work (laughs) um when I say good quality, I mean good quality. Mm-hmm. Um, place the dental dam over it and try to hold on to the damn thing for dear life <laughs> to keep it from slipping and sliding on the Right. <laughs> um, yeah, like my tongue doesn't feel any sensation. Mm. Um, my lips don't feel any sensation. And basically, I'm just hoping that some of what I'm doing will transfer onto her and she will get some sensation out of it mm-hmm. um, but for a lot of women out there um, going down on a guy that's wearing a condom uh, it, there's that yuck factor mm-hmm. and I never really quite understood that until I spent about 15 minutes licking latex <laughs> and you can get the blueberry, you can get the cherry you can get all kinds of flavors um, mine was pina colada <laughs> and I can tell you I've never had a pina colada that tasted that nasty <laughs> so oh my it, it but you, get, you gotta ask yourself well is being down there enough or do I have to have the full Monty with mm-hmm. no protection so for me, over the course of our relationship, she's maybe gone down on me a dozen times while I was wearing a condom. 
and I've gone down on her an equal number of times, maybe a few more using a dental dam. Mm-hmm. And as I wrote in the email, you know, who wants to be licking latex? Right. It, it, I mean, and again, that goes back to, are you just happy to be there? If you're just happy to be there, the latex is not going to make much of a difference. Right. Uh, at least psychologically. Right. Physically, there is a difference. So, you know, to... you, you just got to answer that question for yourself. For me, you know, if you do the math, which I do, <laughs> that translates to her going down on me about every 26 months. Wow. And vice versa. So, of course, when it happens, I'm stoked, I'm primed, I'm ready. I don't care about the dental dam. I don't care about that. I just want to be between her thighs, or I want to see her between mine. Mm. And maybe that mental um, and emotional part will be enough to to carry the act through. Um, It's been my experience that that's not the case with me. Like, I could get her close, and she could get me close, but we just could not quite cross that line. Right. I can, so, I can attest to, I've only had oral sex once in my entire life, and I'm 42 years old. But, um, wow. yeah, once. And for me, the even though my partner knew, and he still wanted to do it, for me, I could not reached the climax was I was so in my head you know what I mean I was just so like oh my god what if what if what if what if and even though you know after he's done I, I lied to him and I was like yeah I I, I, I I came and you know I'm good and it was great but in my mind I was just like I, I can't do that again I, I can't ask him to do that again because I don't feel comfortable so yeah, so right. <laughs> and that's the irrational fear part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if it's even if it's not irrational, it's still a fear. Yeah, and it's still is. it's still no less valid to the person experiencing it. It is all too real. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, dealing with that. I mean, you can. I I, I could throw mountains of scientific data at somebody who has this fear and after reading all of it they probably will still have the a same level fear. of yeah. yeah what what was the uh, what was the after you gave your wife i don't think we finished that part of the conversation after you gave your wife all of that information and you gave your arguments um of the chances being so low what was her response to all of that did she become around and say, okay, I'll give it a chance again? Or did she, does she still have that fear there? Well, I had that argument uh, nine months ago, mm-hmm. maybe 10 months ago. Um, so she seemed to have accepted it, but again, not really. She was still in her head. Mm-hmm. And the you know, a surefire way to tell that is, is I went down on her and she did not want to go down on me. Mm-hmm. So that tells me everything I need to know is that she's still dealing with this. Um, but I presented my case again about 
Two You're persistent. <laughs> You're damn right. You're damn right. Because the stakes are too high. Mm-hmm. And the enjoyment is just too high. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cannot let this go. Now, if I didn't have this information, then, yeah, I'd probably let it go. But now that I do, yeah, I'm a busy bee. Yeah. <laughs> so I I had the same conversation with her, the same argument, told her that I had set up a time to talk to uh, uh, either Terry or one of her doctors and just gave her an abbreviated uh, case. I think my case, this go-round, lasted about 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. And she actually... She responded initially uh, positively. I said, "Okay, let's um, let's end this on this positive note." And I didn't bring it up again for another week. And I sent <laughs> I sent her a text. Um, it was uh, um, the emoji for oral sex. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't know there was an emoji for it, but I Googled it, and so there it was. So I was like, okay, let me see if she gets, uh, she laughs at this. So it was the tongue hanging out of the mouth, waggling around, and then a taco. Oh. That's what it is. So all you guys out there, if you want to blow job from your girl, just do that uh, with uh, an eggplant, and you'll be perfect. So I got home, and... She met me at the door. She had this look on her face. She's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and I was like, what I meant. And she's like, yes, I did. <laughs> <With me. laughs> I was like, hold, hold on now, hold on now. So I, 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 I was all hot and sweaty from the day. I was like, okay, let me go jump in the shower. Went, jumped in the shower, crawled into bed. And uh, before anything started, we started negotiating. And she's like, you know, the frequency, the amount of time. I told her how many times I wanted to do this per week and for how long. And she's like, oh, hell no. There's no way I can do that. (laughs) And I said, okay, well, she countered with, okay, twice a week for five minutes. I'm like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Counter proposal. And I shot myself in the foot on this one. I counter-proposed twice a week at 10 minutes apiece. I should have gone for 30. <laughs> wow, so, you guys had a real negotiation. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't going to give up so easily. Right. You know, this is something that I love doing. I love having done. I want it. I crave it. So why not? Mm-hmm. Just throw your damn cards on the table and see what happens. Right. So we were, we were already in bed. We started kissing, making out, and I went down on her. And it was quite a bit different. She, I could see her response in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I really took my time before I even went down on her. Mm-hmm. I made sure that I did all those things that I know she loves so that she's nice and warmed up and just ready but there was a change in her uh, mental attitude I mean mm-hmm. she 
not a very vocal person during sex, but she was when I was doing this. And she was bucking her hips, and I could hear her saying something, but I, for the life of me, I didn't know what she was saying. I was off in my own little world. Um, God, it was, she told me, about 25 minutes later, she, she was in a perfect position to look at the clock. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, I can't believe you stayed down there that long. And I was like, I could have gone twice that easily. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> but I bet that, ma- that made you feel good to know that you could do that for her and that she, you know, finally is starting to let her fears go, you know? It was. Um, I mean, I can't speak for every man out there, but for me, all of my uh, male friends, um, men just do not feel sexy. Just really? not at all. Really? I find I mean, that surprising. <laughs> like, I feel manly all the time. Uh-huh. I wake up manly. I brush my teeth manly. I cook dinner manly. <laughs> I go to bed manly. <laughs> But I have never felt sexy. Mm-hmm. But when I go down on my wife, I understand what that is now. Mm-hmm. I understand what it feels like to feel sexy. Wow. I mean, the whole the whole world dropped away. I didn't care if I had an erection or not. None of that mattered to me. All that mattered to me was focusing like a laser on on that one thing right and doing all those things that i knew from previous experience that she liked and my wife is one of those that does not orgasm easily Mm -hmm. from um piv Mm -hmm. it's kind of a rarity um because she does have a disability and she tests medication for it so it's really difficult. Like I need to be nearing the heart the heart attack stage <laughs> for her to actually start getting off. Right. <laughs> for me to have gone down on her and to get her off in that way, God damn, I felt manly. You felt sexy. like Rocky. <laughs> I'm five foot nine and 165 pounds, but at that moment I was 230 pounds, <laughs> five special forces. <laughs> I mean, that made me feel absolutely awesome. It was that absolutely is awesome. Funny. <laughs> but that, I mean, I went from like a zero to a hundred during this whole thing, mm-hmm. and then because I wasn't concerned at all about having an erection I didn't have one I was still incredibly turned on and again my wife is not very vocal but she was giving me giving me indications that she knew how turned on I was because apparently uh, I was pretty wet too Mm -hmm. so um so I was like, well, okay, I didn't say it in these terms, but I'm thinking, okay, my turn. <laughs> so right. I go back up to her, kiss her, and I'm like, 
in a perfect position for her to just like roll over and start doing her thing. But instead, she looks me in the eyes and she said, can we skip it this time? Oh, wow. So I went from zero to a hundred and just as quickly, I went from a hundred to zero. Yeah. And I felt so dejected. I felt so self-conscious. If there was a chance of me getting an erection, it was completely and totally done at that point. I said, okay, why don't we just stop? Why don't we just leave it here? And I'm not one of these guys that if we have oral, then I want intercourse. To me, oral can be the main course and I don't need anything after that. Mm -hmm. So talk about a crushing blow. So it sounds like and, she needs a little bit more time to get over this fear. Right. And I have not brought this up to her again. Now, this happened, I don't know, this happened past Saturday, this past Saturday. Mm -hmm. And so I've not talked to her about it. I've not brought it up. I've not broached it. But now I'm in my head. Yeah. And that is not where you want to be. Right. You know, am I not, is, is my penis just not attractive enough? Mm -hmm. um, does she just secretly hate oral sex and is just lying to me to placate me? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think that's the case, but you never really know yeah. in a situation like this. So, yeah, there, there's all kinds of thoughts running through my head and I'm trying not to be... Um, frustrated or resentful about it. I'm, I'm trying as best I can to go into my happy space. Mm -hmm. So I like that, I, you, it, that you actually point that out. I think for a lot of women, we don't really think about how it affects, you know, our partner when we do turn them down for oral sex. I know I've done it in the past. Not that I don't like it, but sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know, <laughs> you know, I got to be in the mood to do that. And I, I never really thought about how it affects my partner when I say that. So I like that you brought that up. Yeah. And I mean, it's not, I, I think for me, oral sex to me, it's about 60% of me giving. Mm -hmm. So I actually enjoy giving oral more than I enjoy receiving it. Not that I don't, I absolutely do, especially with somebody that I have this history with and mm -hmm. we have so many deep feelings for, you know, the, I mean, just the visuals alone are, are enough for me I'm a guy so yeah of course I'm mm -hmm. completely there so you know I don't demand that um, because when I go down on her it's about as much for me as it is for her um, you know for her you know she's providing a service to me she doesn't get the same thing out of it yeah, she doesn't I get the same satisfaction she's yeah. doing that to me so you know, I don't have to have a set number of blowjobs per week or per month or whatever. If it happens naturally, it happens naturally. But I should absolutely have the freedom to say, 
you know, you know, instead of having intercourse tonight, can we just do oral? So, yeah, that's where we are right now, and it, 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 has, it has messed with my brain uh, quite a bit, and yeah, guys do get it in their head, and guys do take this stuff serious, and, you know, um, it's, to me, it's a, it's a very hurtful kind of thing, just because it's been so long it's not the average relationship. So, you know, if you're a guy out there that's bitching because your girl only gives you a head once a week, suck it up, pal. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Right. Things could be a whole lot worse. Right. But, you know, another change in her attitude over this past week has been uh, she's been more playful. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes and uh, sits next to me or lays down next to me on the couch and we're watching TV. Um, one thing that I've noticed that she rarely does is, and I didn't know up until a few days ago, but apparently I've got a really nice butt. <laughs> so when I'm in there with her and we're cooking or whatever, she'll stop and just grab a handful of cheek and start squeezing on it. <laughs> And I'm over here slicing carrots thinking, okay, this is a new sensation. This is kind of (laughs) nice. But, you know, she's been kissing me more and more often and more deeply just in this past week. So apparently I did flip a switch or maybe it was her that flipped the switch. Um, I don't know, but... So So there's hope. It just needs a little bit more time. I think so. I think it needs to be a little bit more time, a little bit more patience. And um, like I said, over the over the course of many years, I've learned how to be patient because I was I am not naturally a patient man or an understanding man. I'm more of a black and white guy. Um. Well, I can just tell you from hearing your story, you're more patient than most, believe it or not. (laughs) Well, that that is comforting. I don't really have anything to compare this to, but uh, I I will say this. Um, I found uh, a lot of support uh, online. Mm -hmm. Reddit has message boards that you can go to. And I don't know how many stories I've read where I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. that that right there mm-hmm. what you just said that's me mm-hmm. <laughs> only 20 years younger mm-hmm. and then you know all the people that have just been diagnosed all the people that are trying to disclose there's a hell of a lot of pain out there it is. and it does make me happy to to think that I have been patient and I have been understanding because in my brain at a certain point I'm thinking I'm not patient or understanding. I'm just a sucker <laughs> wow. for putting up with this for as long as I did. No, that's don't take it that way. That's, well, that's the resentful side yeah. of me. And I, there is a resentful side in every single one of us. So how you deal with that, I mean, it's a, you know, each person is different, but I think it kind of lessens the pain to share it. So 
I just wanted to give a shout out to those boards because there are some people out there who have been incredibly supportive and incredibly helpful to me mm-hmm. just for my mental state. Yeah, and it's a lot of support on Facebook too. I'm, I'm in a, quite a few groups on Facebook. So if you are looking for support or if you are looking for someone, um, just like Walnut said, you can go on online on Reddit. Um, you can go on Facebook, find a support group. A lot of the support groups are private. Um, so you don't have to worry about someone in your regular feed seeing anything that you post in those private groups. So since we're almost at the hour mark, I just want to, I have one more last question before we closed out. Um, what would you say to meant to male listeners who have recently been diagnosed and suffer, maybe suffering emotionally? What, what, um, piece of advice would you like to provide them with as we close out? Wow. Uh, first off, it's not the end of the world. It is not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You are, you are, you are not damaged. You are not damaged goods. It doesn't mean you have to settle. It doesn't mean you can't have all those things that you want. It just means that you're going to have to work a little harder at it. You're going to have to pay a little bit more attention to it. Don't do what I did. Don't wait to get support. Get online. Find a group. Talk to somebody. Get that crap that's in your head out there. Because you will find some relief in sharing that pain and sharing those experiences with people who have gone through this already and they have come out on the other side and they're looking at you like, okay, you've got a journey ahead of you, but it's all good, man. You're, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it sucks. You're going to have to deal with this. Um, unfortunately, you're going to have to figure a few things out on your own, but don't suffer in silence. Don't think this is the end of the world. Don't think that you're never going to be able to get that girl you want. You can. You will. Um, Persevere and just realize that there are approximately 35 to 40 million of us in this country. So you are far from alone. That's, That's my takeaway. Just get some camaraderie. Get some education, get some advice, and don't let this thing rule you. Um, I know it's different for everybody, but you know, like I said in the beginning, it's June, and I have yet to have a single outbreak. I may not have one this entire year, and I've gone over a year without having them. But um, protect yourself and protect anybody that you're with. Do not pass this on. And once you figure it out on your own, it'll make it that much easier to disclose to your partner. Right. That's what I'd have to say. Well, thank you so much, Juana. I really enjoyed this. I, I really did enjoy this interview. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being open to share, not just with me, but everyone who's listening. I appreciate you so much. 
Well, thank you very much. And um, if anybody wants to contact me, they can go hop up on Reddit. Um, I'm Walnut Burl. And um, here recently, I just got up on Face Live. Uh, Face Live, uh, not Facebook. I just ditched Facebook. <laughs> um, I'm on FetLife. So if you want to come by and say hello, um, I do disclose in my profile and I'm out there. So if you guys want to talk, if you're dealing with something, maybe I might be able to help you uh, or maybe you might be able to advise me. Spell your um, handle on Reddit. My Reddit handle is Walnut Burl, B-U-R-L. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Did I not tell you guys that was going to be a good episode? Oh my God. I appreciate Walnut so much for sharing his experience from to being so open about, you know, his marriage, his experience of having, and the advice and information that he provided in this interview. Um, again, Walnut, I've already told you over and over again how much I really appreciated you for doing this. But thank you so much for sharing. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me um, via Yahira Jones Hope at gmail.com. Again, that is Y A H I R A J O N E S H O P E at gmail.com. Walnut left his handle also. So if you want to reach out to him, please feel free. That's why he left it. All right, and so that's it. I'm not going to hold you guys anymore. Until next time, I'm your host, Shahira Jones. Be safe and God bless.